back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here today by my holy trinity, Mr. Jesse Baker, Mr. Wex Breaking the Loss, and a.k.a. the patron saint of the rock block and the king of Frontside 180, K-Fave Kickflips. It's just the K-Fave Kickflip now, remember? It's just oh, the right. K-Fave Kickflip. How are we living today, though? How are we living? Are we living good? I ain't done no kayfabe kickflips today, but I'm living great. Been working at the end a little bit more often, been hanging out at X Den, like right the fuck back on the rock block. Every rock block, baby. Absolutely, man. Lex, how we living, bud? Uh, besides me, if you guys can see it, this band aid uh, mangled my finger with a box cutter at work today. And besides Ooh. that, living pretty good. Uh, it was it was dumb. It was like this plastic handled box cutter that was slightly better than a letter opener, but not quite good enough to be a box cutter. And it just fucking crushed in my hand and sliced under my nail and shit. I was gushing. There was good. It was good color though. Good color. Good color. Good color. We're gonna talk about uh, a lot of good color today. Uh, it's a Royal Rumble 20 year anniversary show. Uh, we're doing Royal Rumble from t- 2022. Um, and then Royal Rumble from 2002. You all know that I have the biggest, biggest half chub for 2002. That entire like little era from 02 to 04 to me is golden, and people just don't talk about it enough. I think it's great stuff. Uh, I'm excited about getting into today. But before we do, we have Wex's favorite segment, and it's Wexley spills the tea. Fill me we up. got some fucking fermented funky ass tea today, man. Yikes. So last week we were pretty excited about Shane O'Mac coming back to the Royal Rumble. We were laughing about dude. It'd be so funny if he won the whole thing. And apparently he came backstage and was trying to do that exact thing and was openly bearing producers. Uh, just, you know, apparently trying to book it around himself, which I think is fucking hilarious. I think it's great. I, I think it's great. I think it's amazing, honestly. And uh, caused a lot of problems. Like apparently he was – it like caused a riff with like Bad Bunny's intern or going in there, his number. So it was announced earlier today that he was let go by the company, and he was actually going to be in the Elimination Chamber match coming up, and he was replaced with Austin – he was replaced by Austin Theory, and Shane O'Mac is a free agent. Oh my god. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Could I mean, you imagine? Do you think it's a work though? At this point, that would be the biggest press thing to intentionally do, right? To release Shane? Yeah, and just be like, hey, let's get everybody talking. I, I, I don't think it's a work. I, 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 also, I don't think he's actually released, to be completely honest with you. It's like just I, ruffled feathers and eventually down the line probably come back. Yes. Yeah. I mean, dude, he's a McMahon. I mean, His first dad of all, just sent him home. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what happened. It's like, you know, it's it's like when that asshole son becomes manager for a day. Like, that's exactly what's happening here, even though he's like 50 something and he should be a grown up and not a total, complete, like egotistical prick. But to be honest with you, I think that like I think that wrestling needs to be more like people like Shane McMahon. I do. I do think that the idea like I don't want to be like uh, the Undertaker where it's like, you know, uh, they should rather have guns in the back instead of like PlayStations or whatever. Like, I don't believe that. But I do believe that like more people should be assholes. 
I do genuinely think that like you, the bet we get the best product from those wrestlers when they truly believe that they are the best and no one else is better than them. Hey, kind of like Nick Gage, he believes it a hundred percent and he goes out there and fuck shit up. So totally true. Totally. True, I get totally it. True. What else? So, we got yeah, that's crazy. They released Shane before they would release Mustafa Ali, which is hilarious. Cause he like actively wants to be released. Yeah. It turns out the morale was very low in WWE after the rumble and same with the women's rumble, even though we'll get into it, you know, yeah, fans have already been glamoring that that was the better of the two. Oh, so. no doubt. We'll, we'll, but I mean, you know, we'll get into detail, but apparently yeah. Tyson Kidd normally produces all the women's stuff for WWE, and he wasn't there. And there's a few women who just decided to not even be in the match because he didn't produce it. And they apparently wow. sent in Fit Finley, and it was still – apparently, even though it looked good to us, it still didn't go to plan as like they wanted it to. And yeah. a lot of people were not very happy for, at, at the end result, but you know – I guess because maybe the men's was so bad, we overlooked it. I don't know, but we'll get Very into that. Possible. Very possible. Uh, and speaking of one of the people who said no, they offered Nia Jax a spot in the Rumble, and she told him, fuck no. And apparently she says she's only ever injured two people in WWE, but we all know that's a fucking lie. Yeah, we know it. Two? Come on. No, we I mean, can name like five right now. In the quote-unquote WWE universe just by being in the ring, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she said she hasn't completely ruled out a return to wrestling altogether, but we would not. I have. I have completely ruled out a return. Unless she just went and, uh, you know, maybe just if she did some more training, because honestly, I feel like she didn't. She wasn't in NXT for long and they just kind of pushed her up because of who she was. Nah, she would probably be benefit though. from actually learning how to wrestle, you know, a little bit more psychology there. But no, some you don't get, but you don't you don't get that uh, that first impression again. That's the problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just I, it's just I don't. Uh, uh. Well, speaking of two more people who also turned down an offer, Impact's the Iconics turned down an offer to be in the Royal Rumble, too, because they were also offered along with Mickey James. They said no. They said fuck that. And I respect that because they kind of screwed him over. And I think Mickey James, you know, she don't care. She's trying to get that get that bag, get that cash. I, I feel mixed about that, actually. I feel like, you know, Mickey James going in with the Impact Championship, going in as with her theme song. I think if they would have let them both come in with their Impact names yeah. as the inspiration with the Knockouts tag titles. And then they said no. Then I'm like, eh, you probably should. You missed. That's a miss. Like, um because to me, then it sounds almost, and I, and I don't know, obviously it's, you know, I'm, I, this is me just speculating. I'm not for sure, but if that is, cause I mean, they gave it to Mickey, so I don't know why they wouldn't have done that for them. And if they still didn't want to do it to me, it's almost like a, ah, it really could have helped your new company though. Like it yeah. really could have helped impact if all three it of you would have actually, been in there with your titles. It really would have helped. I think. Here it actually the difference did. to me though. Mickey James coming in with the impact title with her own song and all of that other stuff, Mickey James' career with the WWE was so much more significant in terms of oh, for sure, historically and all that no stuff. Doubt. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I even if Mickey James was pissed, I could understand taking that offer for the Iconics. Like, I could understand being mad and not wanting to do it. And, no, totally. I, I know, understand was, both sides. I'm just. Like, saying. I just don't. I don't think the and no pun intended impact of them coming in under their own names really would have mattered to anybody well it did help impact overall because they pulled in their highest tv rating in over a year on the go home rumble episode which is funny for another company's pay-per-view they got like 100 but, people uh they they pulled in the biggest rating since my birthday last year so i guess that's doing something hey you know? we love impact too but that was fun. yeah <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but it's just, you know we're just and we're more news that affects impact and uh, me and jesse actually Larry D, the last ever Revive Pro Wrestling World Champion, 
requested his release from Impact, and he's going to be taking more indie dates and doing more traveling. So he's following the footsteps of his tag team partner, AC Romero, and their tag team, Quadruple XL. I think that's what it was. It was Triple XL. I don't know. Triple XL, I'm pretty sure. Triple XL. Two big, two big large guys, but he he also got released, so he doesn't have his tag team partner at this point. It makes sense. So maybe we'll see Larry D pop up uh, somewhere around here. Yeah, you he's never a good know. For He'll sure. probably be in a, that dude can go in the ring, definitely. He's great. And so today, February second, twenty twenty two. Now the full list of free agents from that got released uh, ninety days and some thirty days ago are going to be able to wrestle, including Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, Mia Yim, Ember Moon, Davy uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr., British Bulldog Jr. Oni Lorcan, Graham Metalik, Lince Dorado, Eva Marie, which you know, she's not going to fucking wrestle. The aforementioned Nia Jax and Juice Robinson from New Japan Pro Wrestling. His contract also expired today, coincidentally. Hmm. So the scuttlebutt that I heard about Juice is that he may still continue to wrestle for New Japan, just not under a contract so he can work other dates because not being able to go to Japan is a factor in the free. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which per appearance makes sense for Japan for someone like that. I, I see that. Also, fucking awesome sick news, Ricky Steamboat is coming to the MLW Superfight, and they're saying he's coming as a matchmaker. So I'm not sure if this is like Ooh. a GM-type role where it's going to be like you know, a kayfabe matchmaker or if he's going to be like straight-up booking matches. I think I the think kayfabe on-screen role is a better – you know, it makes yeah, more sense. Yeah, for sure. That's, I mean that's a much better way to utilize a legend. I mean plus like – I mean to be honest with you, I think MLW is – there's a lot of rumblings there. I'm not as affluent in their product just because I don't have that channel. Like I, I don't have I don't have cable anymore. It's just the internet. But um, You ain't got YouTube? Yeah, I do have YouTube. I just don't go out of my way to watch it. I'm, you know, I'm just being honest here. But I am excited. We are covering He's Super Fight. He's exposing himself out here, guys. Yeah, we are. We are. I, I, dude, there's so much wrestling. Guys, Like, just to do this show, we have to watch six hours of wrestling a week. That's just for the show, let yeah. alone AEW that we want to watch, Impact that we want to watch, GCW, whatever. Like, I have, I have seen MLW matches. I've seen MLW Fusion shows, but I can't regularly keep up with them. Uh, I'm excited about Super Fight, though, and I really think that having Ricky the Dragon Steamboat on there – um, definitely elevates the product from a legend status for sure. I think it's just monumental alone that he is in the picture at all. Totally. And the matchmaker, especially where Superfight is, the location makes sense. I think it's fucking great for everybody involved. Yeah, absolutely, man. What else is on the list, Wexy? I mean, you know, there's all this wrestling that we got to watch, but there's one wrestling video that I did not watch, and that was the Davey Richards porn video that was leaked. <sighs> sure, you guys heard about fat, that? Yo, fat, fat. So, uh, turns out he's not actually doing porn. It was a private video, like for him and his wife, it just got leaked out because people were speculating on Twitter going wild, thinking this man is out here doing porn, which who cares if he is? Fuck it, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, what does it matter if he is or not? Yeah. yeah. I could care less, but it's honestly, just a, guy. It a little bit cooler and he wouldn't have to do the Val Venus gimmick, which, uh, yeah, and apparently he was getting his booty ate in the video. So, you know, good job, Davey. Yo, if you could do the Val Venus gimmick, but it was for real. Yeah, That's exactly. Val Venus yeah. is fucking crazy now, so no one wants to be really you associated can do the Val with Val Venus, that but for real. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Oh, oh, funny. Hello, ladies. <laughs> oh, right. we'll get there. So, we'll get there. AW Tonight Dynamite actually happening. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday pre-Dynamite, so they got some big matchups. We're going to get the MJF versus CM Punk match. It's highly anticipated. Yep. Uh-huh, and we were uh-huh. going to get – we were going to get – Brian Kendrick making his AEW debut against John Moxley tonight, but apparently 
some fucking weird shit resurfaced from 2013 where he was like talking about some whack conspiracy theories about how the Holocaust like didn't really happen the way it happened and the Earth and like the moon oh, is a satellite to Earth. Just a bunch of crazy shit like like Holocaust denying just some off the wall shit that uh, Tony Khan you know doesn't want to be associated with. So he canceled his appearance as quickly as he could announce that's it. So I'm gonna be honest. God damn like it, Spanky. That's a shame. It, it, yeah, it was also ten years ago, though, man. People change. It's Twitter. You you put out a stupid tweet. Like, I'm not saying it's not insensitive. I'm not saying you shouldn't have to apologize for it, but it shouldn't be canceled because of it. I'm All I'm saying is that, that he was just he working for WWE on TV and shit for them, and they yeah. clearly, obviously, knew about it. So somebody from yeah. WWE got pissed, went there, tried to expose them, and it worked. I mean, they fucked them up. They fucked up the whole thing. So yeah. hopefully, they have something else in store because there's lots of free agents tonight. Anybody could be in this match against Mox. It's true. Anything could happen. So oh, maybe that is they true. Just, maybe they this use, is a good thing. Yeah, maybe we'll see something it, crazy yeah. tonight. Keith and the Lee, only maybe? other what? No, definitely not. Definitely not Who? Keith Lee. Who? Who? Who's your pick? Who'd you say? Keith Lee, maybe. That'd Dude, cool. that'd be hey. I just wouldn't want him to lose to John Moxley. That's the only thing, and you know whoever. I mean, whoever comes in is doing the job. Period. Yeah. So maybe. So maybe like, like Johnny, me, I'd love Johnny Gargano. He could do the job. Uh, who else no, is on this list? Absolute. First of all, if Gargano goes, I don't. I'm not even. I said this from day one when I found out he was leaving NXT. I'm not convinced that he doesn't go back to NXT. I think yeah. he's just taking time off. Like yeah. I don't. Well, I 100 don't think he's going to AEW. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. I do not think that he is going to AEW. I, it just doesn't make sense for him. Wild I, card. Carrying Cross comes in and destroys Mox. Mm. Is Carrion Cross clear it's now? Killer Cross. Yeah, Killer Cross. Yeah. I just I, I don't know. After. I, I would rather see fucking yeah. like Jay Lethal and Mox. Yeah, yeah that would also exactly. be a great pick. They also have the a great roster of wrestlers they could choose from. Jay Lethal, yeah. maybe Daniel Garcia. That'd be a good one. That'd bring more people on. <laughs> Yeah, so the only other matches we have for that show is Kings of the Black Throne versus Death Triangle with Pac and Penta El Cerro Miedo, Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So do you guys want to get make some predictions for this since we're too early for Rampage? Yeah, I mean Punk's going over MJF. He's gonna get the streak. He's gonna he's gonna obviously or or it's gonna, or it's gonna be some kind of shady finish. Those are the only two options. If there is a clean finish, it will be Punk. Yeah. I think we're probably going to get a shady finish or maybe even a draw um, just because there's no doubt to me that they're wrestling at the pay-per-view. I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. So there's I don't uh, I, I actually would say we're going to get a shisty finish. Um, but okay. but if we do get a clean one, it would be punk. Or okay, so we, we got it's a dusty cool. finish where M, or punk still goes over, but it's because of Wardlow. And then we get MJF Wardlow at the pay-per-view. Okay, I like that idea. Yeah, so we're gonna go Mox that. versus whoever. Yeah, I, I, I like that. But I think MJF is gonna lose. I like that as a horse. <laughs> so who do we got between uh, the Satan guys and Death Triangle? The Satan guys. Uh, I would assume House of Black has to go over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, would I, I would. To. I would say. I would say. You know, Warp Tour 08 goes over here. All right, Warp Tour 08 goes over. Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho. I'm gonna go Ruby Soho because they need, she Nyla Rose has been world champion. Oh, yeah. It's not World gonna War do anything. For Soho, goes over on that one. Not gonna hurt her to lose to Soho. So yeah, Ruby Soho. So that's the only matches that have really been announced. And I heard that there possibly could be a Ricky Starks versus Jay Lethal for the FTW title, which I thought that, that. It possibly could be on Rampage. But if they move it to tonight, I would not be upset. Yeah. Either way, either way, um, if they do move it to Rampage. 
I'm going Starks. Yeah, Starks is not dropping the title oh, yet. Yeah. Well, no I don't way. know. I mean, he has held the title a long time, and I feel like Jay Lethal does kind of need a boost. You know what? I'm changing mine. I'm going to go ahead and say it's Lethal. All right, Lethal. That's probably going to be our wild card pick because everything else we pretty much agreed on. So we'll see what happens then. So let's go ahead and get in to the Royal Rumble 2022. Let's get it, boys. I am super hyped to have the full trinity in here today. Um, yeah, man, we're going. It's it's 2022 versus 2002. It's um, man, it's an it's. I, again, like the Royal Rumble is my favorite time of year. It's my favorite time. Sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's awesome. Um, and we're going to talk about all of those things here. Let's jump right into our current product show. Um, I thought the production package open was actually very good. Um, I like that Pat McAfee and Michael Cole kind of start off the show with that team. I think it was a smart choice. Also, I think Rollins and Roman Reigns here, the opening match, um, for me, for my money, it's by far the best thing on the show match of the um, night. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Match of the night. It's a banger main event guys putting on a main event match for sure. Amazing spots. Some really great false finishes. Uh, I mean, people can shit on me for saying this, but two of the best belt to bill workers in the entire payroll, um, the spear into the pedigree spot was insane. Um, yeah. This is what makes WWE good when it is good. I thought the match was very good. I thought that even with the DQ, it was good. I thought they did the finish well. Like, I wasn't upset with the finish, honestly. And that that's very hard to do. Like, it's very hard to do. I think it worked out well. And I also somehow feel like they did a great job of keeping both guys heel. Like, they're... I mean, like, sure, Seth Rollins got cheers here and there. But, like, dude, he got the shit beat out of him with a chair at a DQ finish... And they're both still heels. That's really hard to do. Like, that's really, really hard. I, don't, I think only these two guys could have pulled it off. Four and three-quarters beers for me. Really, really liked it. Jesse Baker, what do you think about this one? Man, I, to me, this is the one thing that they unequivocally got right on this entire show. Agree. It was, <laughs> obviously, these are all audibles. Roman Reigns, this is, you know, the second time in a position where he's been a top guy where he got pulled out and they completely had to alter every fucking storyline involved that they had planned. Yep. And they came out of it great here. Uh, Seth perennially carries it every single time. The work was great. I'm a little concerned what it means for the end of an angle between the two of them because I'm not – It just everything just seems so short-sighted. But at the same time, like this match in particular – was absolutely stellar, fantastic opener, very smart to put it at the front. I gave it four beers. Nice. That's solid. Not mad about that. Breaking the Lawson, where are you at on it? So both of you talked about like the work and the work weight was ugh, the fucking work rate was great, but the story here was fantastic. Seth with the shield gear, all, like the fist bump, the laughing, just everything here combined with the work just made it really good. And honestly, the finish if they just would have did it reverse, I wish the DQ finish wouldn't have been the choke. I wish he just would have let it go and then got the chair as he was in the position, and the chair would have caused the DQ because that would have been a little bit more icing on the cake. But if it still was See, really that to me sick. sounds more like uh, heel Roman that was trying to be babyface. Like that sounds pre-tribal chief Roman. That's uh, okay. how they would have booked that. You know there. what I mean? But I still, I still, I still went four and a half beers, which, dude. Great, like I said, match of the night. This is like they peaked really early. They busted their load at the beginning of the show, and it just went pretty much downhill from here. Don't you think yeah. they knew that though? I think so. Yeah, I think so for sure. I think that, and again, dude, like for my money, Seth Rollins 
Kenny Omega, you know, it, it's it's heads and tails to me. That's the same. It's it's two sides of the same. That's coin. the I dream match right dudes, there, Rollins oh and my Omega. God, dude. That's the true Tyler WWE Black, Tyler, AEW dream yes, match. Absolutely, Tyler Black versus Kenny Omega, any day, anywhere. Oh. Because even I if was, they faced at yeah. some point back in the day, like now they are fucking it's the, very different. the supreme yeah. premium versions very of themselves. Different. It's very different. I would love I would love to see it. I would love to see somehow some sort of AEW WWE mega show. I think every fan ever would like that to happen. Maybe an actual invasion pay-per-view essentially that actually worked. Like an actual just, hey, we're going to do one month of promotion. We're going to do a big-ass show and then split, and that's it. Hey, maybe they are. Pat McAfee kept calling him Mox on commentary. Yeah, I think that that's just more edginess for them to do it. I think WWE is trying to keep up at this point. Um, Pat McAfee, one of the best newer commentators out there. Oh, I'll dude, that. he fucking yeah. he kills Come it. Come on, man. I got a, I got a note in the men's rumble about that. All right. Well, the next fucking match that we're gonna get into is the women's variation of that. It is. It is. It is the women's rumble. Um, I mean, it's really hard to like break down rumble matches for this show specifically because there's so much going on. Um, I thought for, so the way I generally try to do this and I'm, I'm using this as a tier system. Like you, you generally have the excitement in the beginning for a rumble match. And then you have kind of filler where you get just bodies in the ring and then you have a legend and you'll have some comedy spot, like more comedy kind of people come in. Uh, then maybe another legend, (laughs) And then you'll have kind of like the biggest, the biggest surprise kind of comes in the early 20s out of 30 most of the time. Right. And then you generally have a final four or even a final three or final two section. Right. I thought this match delivered all of that except for that final four section. It just wasn't good enough. Everything else up until that point was very good. I thought I thought the opening segment with Melina and Sasha putting them out front first was genius. It was really well done. I know it didn't go out well. I know Melina was supposed to like catch herself on the apron and there was supposed to be more spots and whatever and it just didn't work out that way. Um, but you know, this was a night of botches, honestly. Uh, I mean, we just called it a, a GCW show that had a lot of them and it just happens sometimes like on paper though. I do genuinely want to give WWE credit. I think on paper, this was booked really well. It just was not performed well. Most of the time we, we give the wrestlers the benefit of the doubt, but I think that this was actually the, on the wrestlers for the most part. I thought the legends were good. Who they booked to be in the finals was good. They just weren't necessarily the moment was a little too big. It seemed like, um, again, not bad. I would say above average for a woman's rumble that we've seen so far. We're, we're, we're like four or five years into it now. Um, I think we're four, women's right? was it 2018. The first one, I think. So yeah, so we're four. Yeah. So we're four or was it 17? We're four or five. We're four or five somewhere around in there. Either way. I thought it was above average. It was, it was very good, but not great. Uh, I gave it three and a half beers. Um, Wex, what did you think about the women's rumble here? I thought it was pretty good. I didn't think it was above average. I thought it was right at average. So I went about three beers and really Ronda Rousey is really what kind of ruined it. Like it had yeah. the perfect amount of like legends and like kind of old, so good the old first school time. people. Like, and when she came in this time, like I don't think she's been training or anything. She just came in there. We're throwing okay. worse punches than Shane McMahon. It uh, just didn't look very good. And she just, it just really soured me. It took it all out. The finish was lame. The ending kind of sucked. But besides that, I mean, it was pretty good. Like average three yeah. beers for me. You know, just those fucking punches. Like seeing Mickey James the Impact title is cool. And like I said earlier, Tyson Kidd normally produces these matches, and he wasn't there, so maybe 
that caused a little bit of rift. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Because I thought the booking so, was actually pretty good. Though. I mean, Fit Finley is also a legend in like the women's WWE landscape too. So it's not like yeah, I mean, it was a slouch, you know. Like I'm sure he had like they already had whatever story, but just they maybe some people just weren't used to working with sure, him. And sure, I'm sure just little riffs and stuff will you know little things can fuck it up and you don't even know. Right, Jesse, where are you at on it? Man, I gotta say, in a huge way, I think everybody was excited about the monumental door opening aspect of WWE allowing Mickey James in with the title. I think that's huge. I think it's huge for impact. I think it's a huge sign of WWE wanting to be able to do business, which could mean a lot of things, and that's for a different show. But overall, man, I wanted to give him credit just for that. And I look at the booking, I can agree on some of the booking. I felt like Sasha was the star, which is a good thing. That made all the fucking sense in the world. Yeah. I like some of the returning folks, Kelly Kelly in particular, is like unrecognizable. I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, I wouldn't know who this person was. <laughs> like, yeah. Even, though, yeah, even yeah. though I'm very familiar with her work as a wrestler, but it's not relevant at this point. So, like, if you're going to have people returning who have not been in the ring, a lot of the awkwardly timed spots and things I think were because of that. And then there was this yeah. one moment that fucking totally took me out of the match early on. Aaliyah, when she's spinning her fucking jacket, oh, she's waiting on that terrible. spot. It was, just took so long. I hate to nitpick like that. But, like, for me, everything was downhill from there. I hate the Rousey thing. There's an overall theme to the show to me that, you know, they're just repeating finishes. It's like they're trying to pay themselves back for missing – the big payoffs from a couple years ago or something? I think that they genuinely think that the majority of their watchers are younger than their main demo actually is. Yeah. And so they think that, oh, we'll just reuse this. They don't know that. It's like, yeah. guys, it's really only been like eight years. <laughs> like, it's Absolutely. not been that it long. Like, been, that's yeah. a classic WWE thing. They try to yeah. – they literally do the same bullshit or they try to act like something didn't happen and yeah. they're true. I mean, they're true audience. Have you seen some of the demos on the NXT 2.0? It's people in their 60s. So yeah, they're hitting yeah. right on, right? Hammer nail on the head right there with that one. Yeah. My my actual notes that I typed out also say the end of the Rumble fucking ruined it for me. So Wex and I agree there. I only gave it one beer. Oh, wow. It, honestly, it, because of that. Like, it, Damn, it, I wonder if I can, they're going to uh, yeah, I cannot wait till we get to the end of this show. <laughs> Let's keep it going here. Oh, that's, that made me hype, actually. Um, also, what made me hype was the package for WWE 2K22. I'm not going to lie. That actually looks like they have done some really good upgrades to the game. And I'm a massive gamer, so I will definitely be playing that. Um, yeah, I'm, plays I'm well. for it. Yeah, good, me too. I hope it plays yeah, good. Me too. I heard the mechanics are totally different. I heard that they are very similar to like the beginning of the SmackDown versus Raw era when it was way more like free range. You know what I mean? Uh, but the animations look really good. So maybe it'll be a hodgepodge. I'm playing the new NBA 2K. I just downloaded that, and that's pretty good. So I know it's the same like company. So if that's company. an indication. It should be pretty good. It should be pretty good. You know what else should have been pretty good? <laughs> Becky Lynch no, uh, at the Royal it. Rumble. Great fucking segue there, dude. Uh, Great segue. <laughs> it's for the Raw Women's Championship. It's just a brawl, and it's – okay, very early on in the match, like, Dewdrop took that massive header into the steps on the outside. Did you see that? Like, yeah. a header. And I was like, that – I mean, listen, I'm not a hater because I do think that she has tons of potential, and I do think that she's actually very entertaining, and the sky can be the limit for her. Her name sucks. 
Um, but that's not her fault. But the work she's actually pipered and even dude. This was a mo- and this is like <laughs> this is a up. this is a me being jaded old man middle aged white guy fan. But it's like the moment looked too big for her. Like it's like you could it's almost like you could see that she was so nervous the whole time, and it was just like. And then Becky is like not where she was. She's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, Becky's great, but she's not as good as she was. Nah, I Becky's, think she's getting back mm-hmm. there. She's getting back there, but she couldn't carry this match. She just couldn't carry it. I, I mean, it, it was a very underwhelming mm-hmm. match. It could, it could, and it could have and should have been better. They're both capable of having a much better match than what they had. Um, I gave it one and a half beers, guys. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't very good. Um, Jesse, where are you at on it? Something about it just didn't ring true, and I think that you touched on a lot of those. I felt like this was an attempt to AEW-style their lackluster feud, bring up the backstory that you would have only known about from, like, if you had ever watched anything. Piper Niven's a fantastic worker. It's a good name, too. (laughs) They didn't give it enough time on screen for anyone to fucking believe it. You knew what was going to happen going forward. It was a little brutal. It didn't need to be. That was needless. It was just a poor story and poor booking. I gave it two because I do think that Piper tried. And, you know, Becky yeah. at this point is kind of like almost, you know, like WrestleMania 14 circa era HBK to me. Like she kind of feels like she doesn't have to really, she can just kind of do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. Even though we know <laughs> she can have great bangers. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Her focus just doesn't seem – it's weird. Um, Wex, where are you at? My first note for this match is, man, this sucks. <laughs> I yeah. fucking – ever since Becky's return from uh, having a kid, she fucking sucks. I hate her facials. I hate her selling. Like, her as a heel just doesn't fucking work for me. And honestly, she's the weakest of the four horse women of NXT, if you want me to be completely honest. The weakest of the four. I don't understand why they don't do like the drip couple thing, man. I think yeah. Seth Rollins and her together this Please time no. would get that good. the fuck out of my I face. Think that would nah, be good. I don't want to see that. I shit. don't know. I understand it after watching a match later in this show, dude. Yeah. And literally, there's this one <laughs> yeah. point where oh, it's yeah. very audible where she's talking to Dewdrop and she says, "They set the WrestleMania sign on fire because I'm straight fire." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's the most cringe shit I've ever heard in my life." I, I subtracted a beer as soon as I heard that. I was like, "Wow." <laughs> Get the fuck out of my face with that shit. I like a little Molly Holly tribute callback. So for that and the fact that Dewdrop had to deal with Becky Lynch as a heel, which she can't be a fucking heel. Give it up. Like I Stone mean, Cold trying to be a heel after he yeah. was over. It ain't it ain't fucking working. Yeah, so I give I this two beers yeah, also, it, yeah. the same as Jesse, because I see the effort that was given, but dude, that was horrible. Yeah, it was not good. It wasn't good at all. I, and I mean, here, l- this is the reality, though. After this match, we get the attendance announcement. And it's over 40,000 people, man. Like, WWE is unequivocally still the number one by a fucking mile show. Like, they're the yeah, number one. Like I can tell you one thing that'll make sense. Like, I was talking to this person at my work, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to uh, wrestling for my birthday. And they're like, oh, WWE? And I was like, no, it's AEW. It's another company. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, like, the mass public. Talk, like, yeah, it's like Coke versus fucking RC. They're Coke. like, isn't yeah. doesn't re, d- doesn't wrestling mean WWE? And I was like, no, it does not. Yeah, yeah, it's. And I was yeah, like, it's, I chose not to go to SummerSlam and SmackDown. Well, I might try to go to SummerSlam. But what I'm saying, I chose is not to go to SmackDown and to go to Dynamite. Is what right, I'm saying. Right, but that crowd, it, like, they're gonna have 
moments of, I mean, this whole show is built on comparing the nostalgia decades of past that we grew up on. Like they're, they're going to have this, they're going to have this like, yeah, because anybody like a random casual person, you hear Royal rumble, those big fours, like, yeah. hey, want to go to the Royal Rumble? Yeah, yes. like you know, random yes, people who like course. hadn't watched yeah. it in years. Like, yeah, we'll go to the Royal Rumble. It's the third event match, yeah. of course. Like, yeah, dude, SummerSlam's here. We're gonna go. We'll yeah, shit we're on the product fig- the whole way there, but we'll probably go. Out a way to go. Like, we're gonna be yeah. there. I might be in the nosebleed seats. I normally sit at Titans games, but we'll be oh, there. We're gonna, we'll be there for sure. Uh, there's no way around it. Kfa boys will be at the show. Let's just keep it rolling here. We got Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship next. Um, this would have. This is a Brock Lesnar match, so it wasn't going to be a a barn burner. It wasn't going to be a Matt Classic. I think that, but that's how Brock does his matches. It's like I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to beat the shit out of you, and then like I will sell for you next time, and we'll have a banger of a match type thing. Um, and that kind of has been working for him since he's returned, to be honest with you. And he has like his brand is established. So when you see this match, it's not like it's not like oh this sucks. It's like oh this is what this is. And it was brutal. I mean, he dumped Bobby on his head brutally. And that's and that's vice what, versa. Yes, yes. It was a, I mean, it was a shorter match, it, but it was sports entertainment. They got their WWE storylines in. This is one of them, even though it wasn't for me. If you do like if you do like mainstream storylines that are happening right now, this was probably a big match to you. It probably was to me. It was not very good, uh, but. I, I can it, the crowd response was 100% there for everything that was happening, and that has to be also accounted for. I so I gave it above average three and a half beers. I won't give it more than that, but that's what I had to give it because I thought the crowd loved it. Uh, Wex, where are you at on it? That's crazy. Um, <laughs> my actual rating is 2.75, but I said for the hypeness, the star power, the energy in the crowd, I went up to three and a half. That, nice, and that is. And that's literally like everything that you said. Like we honestly, one thing I'll say right here: Brock Lesnar can actually have bangers with smaller wrestlers. His best oh, matches totally. like Finn Balor, Brian yeah. Danielson, AJ Styles. Like, AJ like he has yeah. better matches with smaller guys. It just makes sense. And even though that's that dream match, Lashley versus Lesnar, like MMA, real MMA. But the Rock when he was that, skinny. That's dude. <laughs> that's not good. I mean. I knew going in like that their styles kind of clash, no pun intended for the AJ Styles, but it just it's gonna be big meaty men throwing each other on their heads. It's kind of what it was, and but it is two point seven five for the actual work rate, but three and a half for the whole full story. Yeah, I agree. You know, the yeah, hurt lo- I mean fair. the Roman the, the interference with Roman Reigns, We're like at the Paul Heyman Hill turn, yeah. that all added to it. If they didn't have that and it was just them kind of yeah. beating the shit out of each other, I mean we probably could have kept it at two point seven five. But I'll go three and a half for the overall story. Yeah. The first title match had the best wrestling. The second title match was the better sports entertainment. Um Jesse, where are you at on this one? I uh <laughs> was not a fan of it, uh, but I have to recognize that the crowd was there for it. I don't buy the main attraction big fight feel between these two guys in terms of being like any kind of WrestleMania main event scenario or anything along those lines. No. Myself, it's just clunk. I mean, I know they're going to do it, but it's no, like. No, that's not what they're doing. No, nah, they're setting up Roman versus Brock. They've already been talking Roman, about Brock it. Roman, Brock, and Seth. That'll Sorry. be the triple threat for the Mania. He, dude, he will dude another, another, like, dude, yeah. that'd be. I to correct, to correct what I was saying, I mean, they're going to do a big match, actual big match mm, at some mm. point. I'm just saying, I don't believe in this being a main event feud. 
But right. Okay. Yeah. It's just okay. clunky and shitty, yep. and it's just like two big muscle men bumping around with one another. And I don't. There's only so much money in that. Like it's really not. Unless you actually fucking fight. You know? Well, I think they can, but they can both go. I mean, they can both have good. I mean, again, like I think they could have had a better match. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, they definitely could have had a better match for sure. But I, like, I'm, I'm just saying that in this instance, I just don't think with WWE, with what they are, with what's going on right now, I don't think that that makes any sense. To me, okay. this was okay. the biggest example of a lack of storytelling, and I think it's because they had to rewrite everything a fucking month ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to me, that was the most transparent, and maybe it's just because I'm a fucking nerd and I, you know, whatever. But I still gave it two and a half. But it, it just, to me, it just exposed how quickly and they had to make a turn and like figure out. Here's what we're gonna do with the main event picture. Here's how we're gonna fucking roll. Let's go. Uh, like it exposed the lack of a plan to me. Yeah, I mean that that all makes sense. I, I don't know. I. I... I think that I think that Bobby Lashley is their guy, and I do think that he has more weight with that with the, their mainstream crowd than than the IWC has with Lashley at this point. If that makes any sense, oh, not just us, but I think like like everybody that is remotely like us. Um, I, I hate to see like we all made it, we all thought it was great when Heyman switched to Roman, right? And then yeah. now I'm like he switched again. No, I love that. I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was actually really good because I believed it. I was like, oh, back with Brock, yada yada yada. And because honestly, like, again, Heyman's Heyman. So the, the promos that Heyman has done as with babyface Lesnar have been great. And so oh, I was like, great. oh, like it, it, it was a swerve. It did. It did get me. I didn't think that was going to happen. I really didn't think that was going to happen. And that's that's good sports entertainment to me. I, I kind of did, which is why I don't I, like maybe I, I don't know. Yeah. Not trying to be See, a dick, but <laughs> I already knew that Lash before I watched the match. I already saw that Lashley won, but I honestly had no clue it was going to be anything with him turning heel. It popped me. It surprised me. Yeah. Um, well, the next match definitely surprised me as well. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it's the Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. Oh, the package was bad. The package was bad too. Like production packages actually on most of the show were not very good, which is wild. Um, I normally, yeah, if you're I'm going I'm, up against O2 era. You're going to have to step no. the game up is oh. all I'm saying. That's yeah, true. you got to, you got to, you got to. So like, uh, I don't know, man, I, I was, I was really hoping that it was going to be good. The narration on the video too was like real weird. I don't know. It was just bad. It was very, it felt very TMZ, which I guess works for the angle, but it was just a miss. Like I see what they were trying to do. Just did it. Did not sit well on my palate at all. Um, but yeah, the match was, it's all story. If that's that, what that's what I can say. Um, the, the brief segments of edge and Miz one-on-one were, were great. I thought, but that was so brief. It felt like the whole match was Beth and Maurice and it wasn't good. Like they just, they both were just rusty. Honestly, it's not that they could like, especially Beth Phoenix. It's not that they can't work. It's just that they're not, in their primes and, or even, or, and it's not even, maybe they are. It's just, they're not, they weren't ready for that moment. Again, it felt like the moment was too big. Um, the closer they, uh, they got to the end, the better the match got, but man, I mean, it was cool that they like ended the match with Beth's like Beth Phoenix finish as opposed to like edges. That was cool. Um, I don't know, man, two beers, two and a half at best. Uh, just not for me. Wasn't into it. Jesse, where you at on it? Man. <laughs> so I, First off, I will say the Edge and Beth entrance alone was huge. That was fucking amazing. It was very the psychology cool. of the match was fluid, 
I am kind of confused at this point about WWE doing the mixed tag rules the way that they are and like trying to kind of bleed things into play. However, they got the biggest pop of the match to me was when Beth popped off on this. And it was, yeah. Yeah, that's when the crowd reacted the most outside of the entrances, really, I think. But yeah. the Maurice's work, ugh, it was just so fucking hard to watch throughout all She's of it. never been good, man. She's and never been good. That's what I'm saying. So, like, Beth might be rusty. Yeah. Maybe. But Maurice, I just think, never was good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's very prevalent now. I give it a beer and a half. Uh, it, it, yeah. Also, it was fucking way too long. Oh my god! Oh forever long. god! It was forever long. It was forever long. Uh, Wex, what are you at on it? I mean, it wasn't the worst match on the card, but it uh, you know barely made it past that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave it a beer and a half. I mean, I guess there were a couple cool spots. I guess it was very contrived, very cheesy. Like you said, the entrance was probably better than the entire match. I just wasn't, I wasn't in it. Wasn't in this shit. This, it's, yeah. Wasn't what, into what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? No wonder I'm watching dynamite and shit more often than raw and SmackDown. Oh what goodness. are y'all doing? I will. I got to give Miz some credit. He, uh, yeah, to me, I think he, he carried most of it. Yeah. Hopefully Miz's I mean, contract again, expires. Like, he signs with AEW, no says Mike Mazanian and faces MJF. No chance. Oh, nice. No chance, dude. Way more no, chance. I don't will be, know if I want to. Okay. I, I will tell the, I mean, okay. I don't want to go off with the tangent. We got more to cover, but MJF 100% will be in the WWE before he retires. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt about it. I know. He is I not going to be in AEW. It'd be a nice match. Nice. Yeah, promo it will happen. Feud. It will nice happen. In WWE. The match itself may not be. Eh, no, but. it'll be good. It'll be great. I, it'll, I think it'll be great. Well, let's go great. ahead and move on to the highly disappointing. Yeah, let's just get, let's just get into the with. show. Yeah. I'll let, I'll let you take reins here for this one. Yeah, so it's a Royal Rumble match. It sucked. Um, AJ and Shinsuke were introduced as one and two, and that was about the end of it being cool. Because oh. um, even when they got had their time, it wasn't good. Uh, Austin Theory, a bunch of other random people in there. Um, yeah, poor Bobby Roode. What a waste. Um, Ridge Holland is shit. Uh Montez is definitely a star. Johnny Knoxville has a great elbow. Um, I don't know. Kind of missed not having Kane in there. Felt like that was a miss. Um, Mad Cat Moss gets the elimination on AJ, and that's sinful. Mm. Massive botch from Kofi. What else do we say? I mean, Lesnar winning is so uninspired. I gave it a a beer. One beer. I gave it one beer. It's probably the lowest I've ever rated Rumble match. I like Rumble. Again, I've said thousands of times Rumble's my favorite. This was trash. One beer. (laughs) Um, couldn't give it a dud because some guys really did try. Uh, but yeah, uh, a beer. Um, that's, that's all I can give it. Wex, where you at on it? Well, knowing the uh, backstory of how this thing all went down, I, I gave it a beer and a quarter. Okay. A little bit more generous than you, but dude, you can have that back off. Just kind of like, dude, like Shane McMahon coming out with his fucking punches and just knowing everything that ha- like that just went into how this match was executed because apparently he changed spots, he changed number entrance numbers. I heard people were told as they were getting ready to walk out, "All right, you're actually eliminating this guy instead." And they're like, "Like what?" So I understand why it was such a shit rumble. 
I mean, that's hilarious that Shane went into business for himself. I mean, if he would have won, I probably would have rated it four beers just because it would have been fucking great. Oh, I would have popped shit. so hard for that, honestly. I mean, honestly, this is the worst Rumble since uh, Roman Reigns won. And remember, The Rock was like holding his hand. Everybody was booing. And, he just and The Rock's like, really? Like, do we, oh, you know we're not doing this right now? <laughs> uh, Bad Bunny still got a good Canadian destroyer. And I yeah. really wish we would have got a crazier bump from Johnny Knoxville. See, I wish the Bad Bunny had gotten the AJ like elimination and that had been the match. Or Bad Bunny should have like eliminated Bad Johnny Bunny? Knoxville Ugh. or something, you know? I feel like Bad something Bunny should have eliminated Ray. Yeah, because oh, they had their whole that little because they had their little thing where Ray gave him his mask and stuff. But Johnny Knoxville did say that when Montez Ford hit the frog splash, it hit it, he said he landed right on his nuts. Yeah. Oh nice. You can Good. see it. It's awful. Yeah, he said he goes, I thought I was gonna take the chest, but it hit my nuts. So I still wish he would have just like, you know, did some crazy bump because that's Johnny Knoxville. But well, funny yeah. that he has had known brain damage and still to the Royal Rumble. And there's other wrestlers, you know, who have, you know, they won't let him wrestle. All I'm saying, Johnny Knoxville still did it. Well, I mean, CTE, I think con- CTE the concussion guys. They pretty much have all that wrestle at this point. Um, it's it's the neck injury people that they're not really letting wrestle. And I kind of agree with that. But um, yeah, Jesse, where are you at on this one? So I had high hopes with the number one. I, I like I kind of had that Sean feel. You see yeah. AJ bust that Sean yeah. pose, and I was like, yeah. "Oh man, are they gonna fucking do it?" <laughs> yeah, that would have been dope too. Yeah, end, like that would be the shit. And then Shinsuke yeah. is second. And I was like, "Oh my god!" As Shinsuke walks out, the first note I made: this is proof that Pat McAfee might be the best hire that WWE has made in recent history. Yeah, because oh, that whole sure. thing was just so charismatic to me. That was the most charismatic part about most of the show, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It, the front end of the rumble I think was loaded, and I like I didn't hate when Austin Theory came out. I, like I'm sitting here watching like how they're doing the whole thing. I thought Knoxville honestly. One thing I liked about Knoxville's situation is you could tell he was like lay it in, dude. Like yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that, dude, he's like I've been beat to shit by much bigger things than you, like bulls yeah. and bears and whatever else. Dude, like, his elimination bump alone. Oh yeah, I, like, great. I when I watched it, I was yeah. like, fuck, he he's not supposed to do that that way. Yeah. And I don't know. I, it, I was a fan of that whole thing. In my, I, I'm wondering about a celebrity guest that was better than Knoxville. Ooh, a celebrity guest? Yeah. Bad Bunny. Stephen Amell, he had a pretty good, pretty good show. Oh, yeah, he did. Stephen Here's Amell why I disagree one. with the Bad Bunny thing, because Bad Bunny's too good. And I said this before. <laughs> like, you can tell that he, like, he's an athlete, and he put his shit no, he in. Is, like, yeah. He, yeah, he is really he good, man. No, they said, like, during the pandemic, like, when he couldn't tour and shit, he, they said he was there, like, training every day in the ring, like, for real, like. And it showed. Bro. Nope. Oh, right. give, give me give me Pat McAfee and Bad Bunny versus RK Bro for the Raw Tag Team Championships at Mania. Dude. Oh, it, it, it honestly would probably steal the show. I'm yeah. going to say that right now. Would probably steal that, the show. That fucking rules. And my thing, my thing, though, about it is coming from being from fucking Tennessee and going to territorial wrestling and shit. If this guy who, like, isn't a wrestler is that good, it kind of it hurts you. Yeah, it's like a, it, it's like the suspension of disbelief goes away for the casual viewer. If that, makes uh, sense. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I guess that makes people sense, yeah. just have it. That's just, I think, That's bad money. He's just one of those, one of those dude. He's just that guy. It, it's it's impressive how crispy is. You can tell that he's taken his, you know, his work to heart and shit. Uh, the ending of it was completely, completely fucking like just groan worthy, fucking awful to me. Awful trash. I say all this to say, I had to give it a dud, bro. 
I was so fucking Not excited by the front. Dudded it. A dud. Rumble? Dun dudded it. Damn. A hole? You done dudded it? I had to do it. I had to do it. The front end was so exciting, and then seeing the back end of it, it fucking, man, it upset me. A dud. A dud. Dud speaking, speaking of duds and dud skis. Let's go ahead and get into Royal Rumble 2002. The opening match here is the Dudley Boys Ooh. versus Taz and Spike Dudley for the nice WWF transition. Tag Team Championship. Dude, I'm on fire today, guys. I'm on Dudley. fire with the transitions, man. I like Sports Talk Radio. Hire me. Come on, bro. Um, yeah, dude, it's there for the WWF Tag Team Championships. I still find the combo of Taz and Spike strange, and I almost feel like it's like a Sinbad Shazam moment. Like, I don't think that this was real. Like, I just, like, it's like. I don't I remember don't, this at all I until we started watching this. this. I do not remember. Like, how do I not remember? I don't know. It's just, I legit don't remember this happening at all. And I love this, this show. Um, man, this is. I mean, I get that they're like all ECW guys, but they gave them like 10 minutes total, and Bubba, like, bumped egregiously like Bubba was bumping like <laughs> Shawn Michaels and like l- like versus Hulk Hogan like it like the whole time just ridiculous flops and like the dead fish like face flop over like four or five times um I mean it was fast and it was again like this era WWF was very much like let's open it up with a hot tag team match that's generally what they did for their pay-per-views and this di- wasn't bad it wasn't great uh but it wasn't bad um, I went right. I went right in the middle on it. It was three beers. It was a short, quick match. Right there in the middle, half six pack, decent. Wex, where you at on it? I'm almost right there with you. I thought it was slightly below average, just because I've seen the Dudleys That's have fair. way better That's matches. Fair. Fair. And this was really just beat the fuck out of Spike Dudley for half the match, and then but Bubba just start. And then give him some respect, though. Put some oh no, no. Get the fuck out of him. And then Bubba started, you know, bumping like a motherfucker too, and doing all those fucking floppy weird things. But it worked. It worked for this match, and it, I liked yeah. it. Two point seven five, slightly below three. And dude, I guess this is, honestly, this is probably the. Taz's best run in WWE. He was the, yeah. the tag team champion for multiple pay-per-views, and that's yeah. the most I can ever remember him doing yeah. anything. And he went over on a rumble against the yeah. Dudleys as a tag team champion. Like yeah, that's not had, bad. Where but... is fucking gear at this point? Like, why wow. was he wrestling in this Definitely. shit? Definitely. It was just horrible. Definitely. He went from like a singlet to just like sweatpants. I don't know. Hey, I think, whack. I think I think Hook was like just getting off of formula at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Hook probably wasn't even born at this point, dude. No, come on. It's 2002. He's older than 20, isn't he? He's older than 20, isn't he? He's got to be. He's in the strip club with yeah, AB yeah, all the time. Just like, so, yeah, he's, 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 much older than 20. he's hardly a tickle out of his pappy sack at this point. <laughs> I think that, like, the, I think, honestly, I feel like I heard the story where uh, when Taz signed with WWE, that's when, because he was like, I had a, you know, I had a kid. Like, so that would have been 2000. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Well, good for Hook. So, Jesse, what you got on this motherfucker? Man, I uh, Daniel and I have the same rating. Three beers. Yeah, three I beers. Thought hot, I thought it was a hot open, but I mean, it's a you know, it's a spot yeah. that they it's a crowd pop thing. Like mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. all wanted those spots. They all wanted the bumps. They all wanted table spots. That's all they you know yep. whatever. This is two years after Taz's debut. Yeah, uh, where he beat the undefeated Kurt Angle, but he didn't actually beat him because he choked choked him out or whatever. But to see the decline and what they did with him in between that time just sucks. Yeah, and to think I'm that this is his best that. run he ever had, too, which is hilarious. Yeah, Rough. brutal. But at the same time, yeah. I'll say, though, I, like this did what it was supposed to do. It opened hot, and the crowd was crazy for it. I mean, there's nothing else you can say, really. Yeah, we're all pretty close. Close to three. 
Close to three for sure. Um, after the match, we got a promo from Edge, the white meat babyface promo on Regal, and it wasn't very good, to be honest with you. It was a little little forced. Um, then the match here, though, is William Regal versus Edge for the WWE, WWE, WWF still at that point, mm-hmm. Intercontinental Championship. Uh, and the match was really good. Uh, the crowd was totally dead for it, though. Like, I, I thought the bell-to-bell was good, and I thought the crowd just didn't give a shit. Like, they really weren't into it. It's like, honestly, after Nick Patrick found the brass knuckles in the intro of the match, that was the pop of the match. Like, and that sucks because I thought the bell to bell was good, but dude, like people were literally sitting, like no one got on their feet. The crowd just wasn't really here for it. I thought the match was good. I thought the finish was good. I liked it, but the crowd was dead for it. So I had to go in the middle. I went in the middle on it because it was like, it was a good match, but like it wasn't, it sucked because it was like the crowd just didn't care, but I thought it was really good bell to bell. I mean, Regal, Edge, both like Hall of Famers. So three beers for me. Um, should have been better, but, you know, was what it was. Crowd should have liked it more. They should have liked it more. The crowd should have been better. Jesse, where you at on it? There's some super stiff work. I think yeah. Regal worked it the same way that he's trying to work a wrestling show, and I think this is, like, kind of a peak transitional period for WWF. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's probably why the crowd wasn't really reacting at, at the same way. I don't think that they were completely dead during it. There were points in time where they popped, but it was, like, not where we would expect it, I don't think. The power bomb. I don't know if y'all focused on that part, but <laughs> Regal yeah, gets the edge of fucking power bomb and yeah. does that straight cover, and I was like, Jesus fuck, that was super Heavy. stiff. Yeah, yeah. They're two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Like I said before, I put Regal on my Mount Rushmore, so I gave it four beers. Nice. No, I'm not mad at that, honestly. Wex, where you at on it? Dude, I thought this was a solid matchup, and then since we've already covered the match that happens after this, which is the brass knuckles on a pole match. Yeah, that you didn't like that. I liked a whole lot. I was I was really invested in this match and this feud. And I like Edge is not my favorite wrestler, but William Regal, just like Jesse, he's definitely up there for me and not my Mount Rushmore. But dude, Regal, just like you said, laying in the stiff shit in here. Fucking when he did that uh, cover after that, uh, (laughs) King said, oh, the Siegfried and Roy cover. <laughs> oh, you behave, like told him to behave or something like that, dude. Oh, fucking pot me super hard. They were killing it on commentary here. Yeah, and oh yeah, commentary was great. Nice top rope spinning heel kick from Edge. I like that. Like the ref bunk, everything worked in here. I went three point seven five, three and three quarter beers in this match. I thought it was great, dude. Edge and Regal's feud was fucking really sick. Yeah, see, that's the thing, like, I think that I I liked it as much as you guys did, but it really did bother me that the crowd, like, I was like, because I I remember, like, thinking, seeing spot, like, just that tiger bomb that happened kind of relatively early on, I was like, oh, shit, and the crowd was just like, and I was like, what, 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 like, it wasn't quite a smart crowd at this point. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's probably true, but I I don't know, I like the match a lot, I would have rated it that way, but the crowd kind of took away from it, and for me, it's like, I only have to be fair, if I, if I make the crowd count, when I don't like it, then I got to make it count when I do like it. So uh, moving on here, we got Jazz versus Trish. Uh, we can talk about it if you guys want to. Um, yeah, it sucked. It wasn't good. Trish is not a Hall of Famer yet at this point. Jazz was super aggressive, and it definitely didn't fit. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't very good at all. Uh, Jackie was a special guest, guest referee, and there was no real story like explained there. And we've been kind of keeping up with this storyline, and there was still real no reason for that to happen. Um, so, yeah. I gave it a beer, one beer, um, just because Jazz really laid her shit in. Uh, yeah, she did. <laughs> Wex, uh, where you at on it? 
Uh, yeah, I gave it two and a half beers because Jazz really laid her shit in because Trish was really still two pretty much half. green at this Sheesh. point. And Jazz was just fucking carrying the match. And it's funny, Hulk Hogan was in the promotion at this point, and she did his finisher just like mid-match, which I thought was pretty fucking cool. I appreciated that. And uh, funny that Jackie was like, she comes in and King was like, oh my god, I wish all the referees was dressed like this. And JR was like, would you really want to see Earl Hebner walking here in a mid-drift top like that? Dude, King is peak horny at this pay-per-view. Just want to say that. This is <laughs> the horniest horny. the fucking King has ever been in, at any point right here. And some nice reversals. I mean, honestly, it was better than I expected, but I went two beers on this. If Jazz would have been facing a little bit more experienced opponent, it could have been a better rating. Jesse, where are you at on it? I went one beer and a half. I love Jazz. Trish was still green as goose shit at this point. The pacing was off. That's all I got. Agreed. And again, we're all very similar. Yeah, and we all and we all love Trish here. Like she did become legitimately an, an amazing wrestler. Uh, Absolutely. But, but not, yeah, she was just not yeah, great. Jazz and, just had an opportunity to fuck her and up. Dude, so okay, think about this too, though. Like, within, like, maybe Trish doesn't really get enough credit bell to bell as a worker, too, because, like, dude, from, oh, this is 02. By 04, she is a main eventer. Absolutely. Like, and that's. I think Jazz was trying to carry her. Oh, and totally. That's why yeah. it's impressive. Like, that was the situation. That's what was going on. And it's not Trish's fault. Like, she jumped no. in. Obviously, she worked her ass off, but Trish got Goldberg a little, except she became better. Yes, totally. Absolutely. I think that she's probably like um, she's a, she's more more along the lines of like the quick learner like angle was where it's like yeah. it just came like like she she did it really quickly. It worked out really well. And that was a nice springboard stratisfaction that yeah. probably should have won the, the match. Finish, yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, the next thing is this is one of my favorite moments from Rumbles, period. This is one of my favorite uh, things that has ever happened on a Rumble match, uh, Rumble show, rather. Um, but we got an awesome package, very, very good package for Flair and McMahon that told yeah. the story beautifully. Um, and the street fight, dude, listen, it, it's Vince McMahon, so the work rate is not good. It's no. not good. <laughs> and it's it's not a death match either, though. There's like this. This is what I'll say about Vince, man. There's this weird in between where it's not like he's not a good wrestler. No one would ever say that. But he's and he's not a good even. It's not even like death match level because he doesn't really have to do that much because his character is so good. Like his character is so good that it like transcends like his character is, is enough to suspend your disbelief at certain points. You know what I mean? Which is so, so incredibly impressive. And then flair is flair. So like he's sold like a madman in this, Dude. Match. like the selling from flair in this match is just unbelievable. The heat, the actual good heat from the crowd was next. This is the, the, the great transition between pro wrestling and sports entertainment where it's like, this is WWF, what it does at its best. This is their brand at its absolute best that can connect with the mainstream fan, with the super Mark, with the guy that liked wrestling a hundred years ago. And with a kid that likes wrestling today, like this was really good. Five and a half beers. I loved this match. It's one of my favorite rumble things ever. The color was great from both guys. Just so good, man. So good. So good. Jesse, where are you at on it? Man, how the fuck do we match five and a half on this one? But we do. Oh, I <laughs> love it. Let's go. Let's it's go. Absolutely nuts. Uh, my biggest thing is you can never argue with Flair, but you got to keep in mind the last large profile match that Ric Flair had before this 
was the fucking final Nitro. Yeah. Where he wrestled in a goddamn T-shirt. Yeah. And yeah. This, it, this is like one of those things where it felt – I'm sure the storyline was coming from a place where Vince thought – I'm retiring flair. This is the idea of the story and the whole deal. Yeah. And uh, it, the, the other fucked up thing is here comes the NWO like right after, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but uh, classic, you know, Vince McMahon's not going to be in a position where it's not executed well, you know, and whether it's from a physical standpoint or from a promotional standpoint or from a story standpoint, it's executed well somehow between those three. This to me was executed Almost perfectly. There's a shitload of blood. Like it's it's like yeah. it's hard to put that in perspective now because it's every time I see people bleed that much on anything else that's not like an indie fed, I'm like, it's too much. But it was it made sense. I loved it. Five and a half. Literally yeah, so the good. only thing that took away from it for me at all was that. I don't know. It's something I can't get. It's the work rate part of it. It's just the work rate part. That's all it is. It's a six, you know? Yeah. No, that's, that's, it's dude. I I mean, you know, what's crazy to me too, is that like, we all talk like it's, it is universally known. Vince McMahon is not a good wrestler, right? We all agree. But when it, when, when do we have a singles Vince McMahon match that isn't really highly rated? It's very rare. I mean, it's almost always character, the centerpiece that of the show. character, dude. Yes, it's the character, dude. It's the character. Wex, where you at on this one, man? Speaking of that, literally, I have a note that says the work rate in this match is literally zero, but the character of gas station Vince McMahon fucking out here whooping the fuck out of Ric Flair, who's selling so amazingly. Like, you could, you can't write this shit any better. Like, the whole story thing, icons of the business, even though one's an actual wrestler, one's more of a promoter, but the character and everything, just everything worked for this whole fucking match. The story, dude, like, and there's this one amazing shot when Flair is like looking at himself in the monitor and the camera's filming it. Dude, yeah, oh, that's so brilliant. Good. Like, they don't, so do, they don't do shit like that anymore. Yeah. 2022 WWE's fucking production fucking sucks compared to this. It, Kevin this Dunn, was better, yeah. Hire really some better people or get Kevin Dunn the fuck out of there because he's only doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. But, dude, this was 90% story, 10% blood. I went five beers. Very good. Very good. Let's keep it rolling here, man. We got a great promo from Stephanie McMahon in the back. On, and, like, Austin kind of came in afterwards. Really good stuff. Kind of like what's her off until she screams. And it was – dude, this is the height of the what movement, in, in all honesty. Like, Oh, yeah. Um, and, I, and I have mixed feelings about the what thing. I didn't like it when Austin was still an active wrestler. I don't like what here. I oh. liked it a lot when he was the sheriff commissioner. I loved it. Oh, yeah. It was great then. It was great then, but here as a wrestler, it was like, because when he worked, it was still very much, I kick ass, I take names, I'm stone cold, but then he does the what thing and everyone laughs at that. No, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a a hard promo thing. It's just, it, it automatically makes you more humorous. And when you're back to being a baby face, it's just, I don't know. I I thought, I thought this was not the right time for what, but what do I know? That dude probably made way more money on this than anything else, honestly, but moving on. The match is The Rock versus Chris Jericho here. Uh, Jesse Baker, since it's a super show, and I know you're the biggest Jericho mark here, take it away. What do you think about this WWF Undisputed Championship match? I felt like it was great work. This is like still at the point where the crowd's not entirely sold on Y2J. I don't think anybody really was. Um, it's forgivable, though, because he's going against The Fucking Rock. 
you yeah. know, and it's it, you're never it, it's just one of those things. We're talking about an absence of the largest two presences uh, for a while now, which were Stone Cold and Triple H that they had in the company outside of The Rock. So it was like pretty clear that Jericho's run was finite, but at the same time, them giving him the uh, the opportunity to be the undisputed champion. Yes. Fucking totally made his career. Yeah, and absolutely. At that point in time, he was taken seriously. Even and it was it was like ninety days at most. Even though it was still a little odd, and it was odd here, but hey, no world championship match is the highlight of the Royal Rumble, so who cares? Yeah, <laughs> like I still gave it four beers. I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, I think, oh yeah. I think everybody delivered. It was a great highlight on a card that's really just meant for the Rumble. And yeah, crowd was hype, dude. Jericho was hyped. off that push. Rules. Yeah, man. Dude, everything that you said, the only thing that I would add to that is I felt like The Rock actually made Jericho look like a – like Rock can make or break you in the ring. Sure. And he's proven that with several different guys. Uh, Billy Gunn being one that he just broke. And uh, you know what I mean? And, and it, But he – I mean – and I've said this too. I think that that was a burial. I think that like yeah. he – something just rubbed him wrong around about Billy or whatever. And he chose to – I do genuinely believe he chose to do that because I I think that Billy's Billy great. Gunn <laughs> wasn't smart enough to come up with something to fire back at him. So I agree. Like, that's that's probably true this too. Dude up. Uh, and, and what's crazy to me now, dude, is we have – 30 years of Chris Jericho and this 90 days is what separated him from intercontinental champion to main event guy period. Yep. Still always a hall of famer, always a hall of famer, but this 90 days in 2002 in 2001, 2002, this is what made him a, a an actual main event legend. This is was, it. After this the change. Yeah, and, and honestly, even after this, when he won the IC title again, he just elevated that. It wasn't like he went back down. He right. was just elevating that title or the tag titles or whatever, you know? At one point, it's like the Big Show and Jericho are main eventing a pay-per-view, like, because of this run. You know what I mean? Like, as a tag team. <laughs> and that's yeah. crazy. Like, uh, But, dude, yeah, hats off to Jericho for this run. Again, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. I'm right at about four and a half to five beers on this one. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, Wex, where you at on it? Yeah, well, thinking about The Rock, him rubbing the wrong way, knowing that Billy Gunn's done blackface twice on wrestling TV, I could probably think of a few things that he might have said or done that would upset The Rock. But anyways, yeah, The but Rock I mean, here... Him and Triple H, I mean, Triple yeah, H was the there Rock, too, bro. <laughs> the Rock here was very aggressive, which I liked. And this was not a bad match at all, but their match at Vengeance was so much better that... That's all I could think about, but it was still very good. I still went four beers. It was a great match, like some very stiff shit in here, and it was a it was a classic. But that match at Vengeance, like Vengeance, was just it was Vengeance. I mean, what yeah. more can I say? No, I agree. Yeah, but it was fun. definitely a, like above, like highly above average. I love the whole uh, Nick Patrick Earl Hebner shit. Great, it worked into the story. Great, work great, great, fantastic. Jericho here, like you said, this is what sold him and made him, but. I was a Jericho fan back when he was the Lionheart. Back in a uh, few times, I did watch oh, WCW. Of course, of course, I, dude, I loved him too. I'm just saying, like, I loved him the way I loved. Like, at this point, I loved Scotty Scotty. No, 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 I was, I, I was never thing, too, honestly a Jeff Hardy, point, a Jeff Hardy, or whatever. Like that, that's uh, kind of how I, I felt Jeff about Hardy, him. Scotty, too Hardy, and Chris Jericho were all on the same level until he won this title for me and my heart. Agreed. Uh, I, that's exactly what I was saying. That's all right, there exactly we go. We all saying. agree. That's exactly what I was saying. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah, let's keep it popping. Before we get to the Rumble, though, 
I'm excited to talk about this one little snippet, right? Because we had seen Shawn Michaels on TV since 97 a few times, and he's been messed up or whatever. And this is a WWF New York promo, and it's not a great promo, but he looks good, and he looks clean, and it looks like he's kind of getting back to a point. It's like it's really cool to see this, as brief as it was, to know where the story ends. You know what I mean? Because it's almost like this is the beginning of the rebirth, and I'm really excited about continuing this O2 storyline going forward. I mean, dude, when we get to SummerSlam, we're going to be covering SummerSlam in Nashville versus SummerSlam 2002. That's going to be an insanely awesome show to be doing. Like, So for me, there's a lot of nostalgia here. Love this promo from HBK. Even though it wasn't really a great promo, cool to see him getting clean, changing his life, and to see what we're going to get next. The Rumble match here is the main event. Um, you know what, Wex? Lead me off on this Royal Rumble, man. What do you think about the O2 Royal Rumble match? Dude, I already say just the hype and the energy and the feeling from the opening of the rumble where Finkel's given the announcement of how the match works and everything just that alone. I could already tell like, dude, I haven't watched this in years, but this is already feels better and just more, I don't know, just better than tor- the newest tor- Royal rumble 2022. It just had that better feeling and it was great. You had literally so many hall of famers, world champions in this match. My favorite version of boss man, SWAT man, boss man, We've got a lot of good shit in here. The shield was, boss, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like, and honestly, the way Jeff Hardy ran to the ring reminded me of how they look in no mercy when they run to the ring. It was, it just worked. It, he looked just like, maybe they, that's where they like, he, maybe in his mind, he was like, all right, dude, I'm going to do the no mercy run straight to the ring. But yeah, dude, this match is great. You had the Maven part where he got his ass whooped egregiously oh, for way too long. Way Godfather's too long. ridiculous God. amount of hose that he had. And I want to point one thing out in this match. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I immediately noticed this. <laughs> the pants that the Godfather's wearing in this match are the exact same pants that he let the Undertaker borrow back at, was it SummerSlam? Or uh, the snake skin pants that he yeah, borrowed yeah. from the God that he literally borrowed from the Godfather that were his just regular pants. Yeah. And if you look, they're the it's the snake skin pants. <laughs> he was wrestling in the snake skin pants, and that really popped me hard. The final part of this match, the Triple H return, everyone loved, dude, just a great fucking rumble. Yeah. Above average, I went three and a half beers for this rumble because you can't really rate a rumble too high because it's a rumble, but yeah. fantastic rumble. Lots of great stars. Stone Code. Stone Fun Code. time. Yeah, man. Uh, dude, for me, I, I, everything that you said, I'm not going to touch much more on it, but the Val Venus pop was actually very large, too. <laughs> um, and I thought no, that he sold. Dude, when he, and when he came in, he sold for Austin like a madman, which is exactly what you do. Get your big rumble pop and then go sell for the big guy. Like, and that was great. Like, and it was really well done. I actually thought like, dude, to me again, like 2002, this, this rumble is the beginning of it. And I think that this is one of my favorite rumbles of all time. The show from front to back, is not bad from at all. Um, uh, triple H was never more over as a bait, a singles baby face ever than he was right here. Never. Um, and it, honestly, it didn't last it's maybe six months. Didn't last that long. Um, dude, the hurricane spot with Triple H and and Austin oh, was choke slam spot. This yeah. is what I mean when I, I talked about tears when we talked about that like the, the the women's Royal Rumble. Like you know, you have to have a good start off point, and we did. You know, we had Goldust kind of coming back because he had been gone for over a year at this point, and he came back looking kind of like 
hard against Rikishi, and every, every, it, it worked out. It was a good thing. Rikishi was definitely over at that time. Hot start. We got some good legends. And honestly, when you get a guy like Mr. Perfect in the ring, a massive legend, dude, he got tons of shine. Like, this, he came in after Triple H and Austin, and they sold their ass off for him. Like, I was, it's kind of crazy that they didn't, like, you could have, like, if, if the next Raw would have happened, and you would have been, like, Austin and Perfect, I would have been like, yeah, WrestleMania 18, Austin and Perfect. That's that makes not, sense. That would, that would have, could that have. That would have been, been great. Awesome. For and me, it was ankle perfect, but 10-4. Yeah, either way. But honestly, all three, why not? You know, like, it would have been awesome. Um, yeah. Plane I mean, ride from hell. Everybody looked great. They did Booker dirty um on on his um but yeah the angle hunter thing was good very good rumble very very good four and a half beers for me i i thoroughly enjoyed it jesse where you at i love the start uh it, we got all of the things throughout that you guys touched on i love again you know we're right before the nwo which reminded me of that very brief booker and gold dust run yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, that was a great tag team. Great oh, fucking run. I love that. Team, Once yeah. we get into covering that shit, those are some of the greatest promos. Oh, three, baby. It's next year. We're, we'll get to it. We'll get but to then, it. Like the, this, we're still kind of in the golden age video game era that we all dig, and that's a lot of what we're seeing here. That Maven elimination of Undertaker is fucking wild. Classic. Legendary, dude. The, you know, okay, to this day, like undisputedly, biggest moment of his career. The pop that he got. Oh, sure. Biggest moment of his career. Yeah, then Undertaker gets to say, I made people famous after that. And it's like, you did it before it, but you get to say it now because it's fucking obvious. It's a win for but, both guys. That's <laughs> yeah. good writing. It's good writing. 110%. Not to mention the cross promotion with MTV and WWF New York, and then Al Snow's in there. And they're like, tough enough, Turner, Al Snow, and you know, yada, yada, yada. Nobody gives a shit about Al Snow. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I they, they did not. Hey, they didn't bleep out the head chance and the talk about head that they normally would on Peacock. That is true. That is true. I, they, beep it, they did beep out some stuff in those promo packages, though. They did. <laughs> I popped for Scotty Too Hottie, given the recent GCW developments and him getting back on the indies and stuff like that. When he came out, I was like, fuck yeah, which is funny because at the time I definitely didn't. But, I've always loved Scotty Too Hottie. If you want to know, back in 2002, I was wearing upside down yellow visors, so – Shout out to that Scotty. Even that sounds right. Remotely surprise me. No, that sounds completely yeah. accurate. <laughs> the, um, the Triple H pop was gigantic. Oh, yeah. The, really, the only couple of things I would have changed, I probably wouldn't have put Kurt Hennig in the final handful of folks because it just wasn't believable. Like, at that point in time, I'm like, okay, well, we fucking know what's going to happen now. And I, it would have been great to see Triple H come in at 29. Because everybody was anticipating it so much. I would have rather seen him come in next to last, wait for the last. And I fucking wish they treated Booker better. Yeah, for sure. What like this might be the worst number 30. Yeah, for sure. You know, and uh, that but I still gave it four beers as a rumble. Dude, Roman Reigns I, is the worst I, number 30, right? Come on now. Right. Roman Reigns being the list. That's not. No, I, I know. I agree. I think this is probably one of the worst number 30s. But uh, it, and listen, listen, listen. Booker's career ended up 
very well. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, you know, and, and some, and sometimes people are like, Oh, well, you know, they did Booker dirty. And it's like, yeah, I mean, they kind of did everybody dirty at some point. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like this period of time was particularly bad though. I mean, you go for sure. like, grocery store brawl shit. And then like the, you know, I mean, I don't know. I but those are main, main event. Those are main uh, event lines. Those are le- dude. That's legendary television. I love legendary in WWE, even though I like his main event run and I liked him in WCW. I love the comedy shit. It's some of my oh, favorites. King, Book- King Booker is like one of my favorite characters. Like yeah. we're doing also like Oh seven right now. And like, yeah, that's Booker and gold that, dust oh. my so we got oh, lots of comedy there. Booker made himself. Oh, totally. Did not get a push or an assist. Agreed. Like, Agreed. That I would agree with that. Made himself. Yes. Yes. He is a star alone. Yeah. Self-made baby. So Self-made, yeah, day, for sure. four beers. Yeah. Well, boys, I think we can, uh, you know, unbiasedly and objectively agree that Royal Rumble 2002 beat the brakes off of Royal Rumble 2020. Hell yeah. It's not 100%. even close. Um, honestly, like we do that one match where it's like, oh, go watch a match. Dude, go watch the O2 Rumble. Like if you're feeling disillusioned about the Rumble and you feel super like lame and like and honestly, it's kind of a forgotten Rumble, too. People don't really talk about the O2 Royal Rumble very often. And it sucks because it's a great show. Go check Jazz it out. And Trish is better than Dewdrop and Becky Lynch. Yes, that's, that's true. true. I rated it higher. That is a fact that did happen. Um, yeah, okay. man. Are, are we really surprised? It's J- Jazz and Trish. I mean, e- come on now. No, that's that's fair. I mean, that's that's what I what that's Wex. That's what I said. I said it was a all fair. right. Well then, uh, let's uh, let's keep it moving, homie. All right, let's keep it moving here. Um, yeah, we're happy to have covered uh, Royal Rumble 2022 this week up against Royal Rumble 2002. Just showing our love affair for that year. Uh, next year, next year, next, next week, year. we're going up against. <laughs> A 1997 show, which is also uh, holds a very near and dear spot in my heart. It's WWF In Your House 13, the final four, um, going up against GCW's If I Die First. So it's still covering uh, more GCW here on the show. I'm excited to see where it goes. Hopefully they eventually do like a Scotty Too Hottie versus X-Pac versus PCO match. Like that would be kind of great. And it would also uh, be like all 90s. And can he, come, I think can he come out as one, two, three kid? Probably. I think I don't think that I don't would. think he's going to do that again. I, on, dude, I think he has immunity, though. I think he has immunity. I don't I think he could be whoever he wants to be. And you, like Lightning he's clearly kid. using DX anybody. music, too, because he knows he's not getting sued. He knows he has the old man's blessing. You know, well, it it's, came it's out. If you notice to the um, run DMC King of Rock DX remix, he's, he's a made man. He's a yeah. made man. Two time Hall of Famer was just butting in on the silence here. Apparently, WWE knew that he was interested in returning for the Rumble, and somehow that didn't happen. So, that's damn it, Shane, getting all yep. up into every. We're just gonna blame everything on Shane McMahon now. Every damn time, it, Shane. I mean, it makes sense. It would be the ultimate. Feud. Maybe that's why it happened. It would be the ultimate feud. X Pac didn't get to return at the WWE Royal Rumble because Shane McMahon got fucked. He got fired, and so now the next match of GCW headliner is gonna be Shane McMahon versus X Pac. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, I'm so into it, man. Um, Yeah. Two weeks from now, we get the return of the Baker's dozen. We've actually gotten some really good feedback on the Akira episode. It's been overwhelmingly positive. Just nothing but rainbows and sunshine on that Akira episode. I am super hyped about it. It seems like he enjoyed it. Jesse, great job. Um, Who do you have for the next one? 
Mr. Scott Hensley, he is a part of a lot of Southeastern wrestling promotions and one of the founders primarily of Scenic City Invitational and Scenic City Tournament. He is involved with TWE and action and a lot of stuff that matters in Tennessee and close to Tennessee, which we love everything globally, but at the same time, Tennessee is close to our hearts. So it's always interesting Absolutely. to talk to somebody who gets to help out with Southern wrestling in general. And I'm very much looking forward to talking with Scott. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, and I know uh, the current uh, indie wrestling champion, AC Mack, has a lot to do with action and TWE and to do with him. So that's pretty cool. I'm I know he's exclusively defending that championship in the South. So, you know, it's pretty sick. Shout out to the South. Shout Got a lot out of wrestlers out here. <laughs> got a lot of wrestlers that are untapped, and we've been disrespected, you know, for too long. And we got we got a good scene hey man, popping up out here. You know, if you listen to the historians, Tennessee birthed the death match. I mean, we birthed it. Okay, it started in Memphis, Tennessee. I mean, I don't think that's in really debatable Memphis, anymore. God damn it! Absolutely. So hopefully, a, a, ten, a, a nice Tennessee wrestler could take that uh, independent wrestling title off of AC Mac if anybody does. Agreed. Agreed. It's going to be crazy, man. You can always find the show at kfabe.com on all your regular socials. Uh, you can find us at kfabe comparisons on YouTube and at kfabe.com on the Tiki Talk. Uh, we're doing TikToks up there. Wex breaking the Lawson is breaking his back to find the most newest and original images to show you guys. They're always awesome. I'm just um, gonna do this Jeff Hardy thing for like two minutes on there next time. We'll all do it. Yeah, you can't see us. I guess you can. Maybe we'll just clip this out for YouTube. Um, we were all just doing the Jeff Hardy dance, and I was singing a song that really just happened. Uh, yeah, you can always find me at Daniel Daybreak. I'm also, you know, just Daniel Daybreak everywhere. Um, Wex, give him the script, baby. Where can I find you? You can always find your boy Wex Breaking the Loss and at Wex Breaking the Loss on all your social media accounts, except for the Facebook. You know, I like to stay low key, riding low. Yeah, he's a he's a character that Wex. Uh, Jesse, man, dude. Good stuff Good. coming up. Baker's Dozen killing it. Gosh darn right. Where else can we? <laughs> <laughs> Give us the butt cheeks, man. Where, where else can we uh, find you? Dude, just at Jesse Baker Nash on either Instagram or Twitter. And on the Facebook, it's, uh, you know, you can find me. If you look up Jesse Baker, it may be me. It may be somebody else. Who knows? But <laughs> outside of that, uh, turns out that it's not. It, it's a super common name. But the end. Ellison Place. Exit in. Cooking shows, doing shit. Love it, man. Love it. That's going to do it for us this week, man. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.